What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Walk It Out Student Podcast. My name is Jonah Norman, and I'm the Student Ministries Pastor with Christ Walk International Ministries. If you're tired of the fake and ready for the real, let's learn how to walk out the Christian faith on our podcast today. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started um, and just let people kind of join in as they can. Um, all right. So last week, um, we went into um, really breaking down, uh, considering ourselves dead. Um, remember two weeks ago, I gave you the four um, kind of uh, pillars of the normal Christian life. And we had um, uh, knowing, considering, presenting yourself to God. And walking in the spirit. And so uh, today we're going to be talking about presenting ourselves to God. <clears throat> we're going to really take a deep look at what it means to present myself to God. To take who I am and, hey Miss Marcy, take who I am and give that to the Father for him to do with as he would and as he wills. Um, and so what we're really going to look at tonight, if we have to give it a title, is going to be presenting ourselves to God, okay? So everything so far from what we've been looking at has brought us to this place where now we're starting to really get a grasp on what God's done for us through Jesus, what Jesus is now doing for us, and what that means for our life and for the life that we can live um, as Christians. Okay, can you guys hear me okay? I feel like it's really, I feel like it's really quiet. All right. So we want to just, just today we want to, this to me is like the, the, um, I don't know the word. It's like that we're sitting at the edge and if we can grasp presenting ourselves to Christ, if to God, if we can grasp this part, it just launches us over the waterfall into the blessings and the abundance that God has for us. And so as we begin to really look at this, I want you to be thinking and, and, applying this as soon as you can okay and making this a lifestyle and making this this is going to get you thinking i believe it's done that for me of all of the um studies uh, all of the studying all of the learning that i have done and things god has showed me in me learning what i'm now teaching you guys this has been the hardest but also like the thing that that every day has 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 led me into victory because I, I this is constantly in the back of my brain I'm not saying that I've been perfect since I've learned this but I'm saying that my record is clean is is definitely cleaner um, and is way more consistent okay I don't go through these highs and lows it's just this I love you and I'm following you and I'm going with you and I'm growing with you and there may be a hiccup every once in a while but it's not what it was because I, I've I've learned and I am learning to understand these truths and these principles, okay? And that's the other thing that to me is so beautiful about what God's doing through Christ Walk is that I'm not teaching you something, and we say this a lot, but I just want to say it again. I'm not teaching you something that I've been doing for six years or 10 years or 35 years, okay? I'm teaching you the fresh 
things that God is teaching me. And I believe that there's fresh anointing and there's fresh insight that comes when we're walking in something. Okay. So instead of it being something, a revelation I had 30 years ago, it's this fresh thing that God is doing. And there's revelation that comes in abundance from us walking in the things, Hey Heather, walking in the things that God is doing now. Okay. And the things he's teaching us now and that our teachers and the people who, who lead us, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists that are leading the ministries that they are communicating the fresh new things that God is doing because if we're if we're surviving on old milk okay guess what happens to milk all right it goes sour all right I'm not saying the gospel goes bad it's not don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying but I'm saying if you are a teacher and you're teaching somebody else's revelation from six years ago I have trouble the word will not return void but there's not going to be a fresh power and anointing on that and there's not going to be this the power and the newness because you're not walking through what you're learning okay you're sharing somebody else's blessing that they received okay so that's what i love about this study and and this has been the one that has really touched me the most okay so everything that we've learned and been looking at so far has brought us to the point where we're going to now look at consecration okay that's what presenting myself to god is it's consecration okay and so if we're going to look uh let's look at uh romans 6 12 through 13 all right really quick i'll read that um it says this it says let not sin Therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as the instruments of righteousness. Okay, so what what we're seeing here is Paul is saying you used to give your body to satisfy the flesh. There used to be a sin nature and a sin desire in you. Not only were you committing sins, but you had this dangerous love for sin that was sin inside of you. And so now Instead of you living and committing yourself to that, instead of you presenting your body to that to do the will of that thing, now present yourself to God for for the call of righteousness. Present yourself to God for the exceeding and abundant things that he has for you. Present yourself to him so that he can do with you what he wants to. Okay, and, and, and what's so crazy is that verbiage, that mindset that I'm going to give myself to God for him to do whatever the heck he wants to with, that's still uncomfortable for so many people. And we would like to say we're walking in that. But I think this is probably the area where the most, I think that a lot of the other things when it comes to knowing and considering, those are because we haven't been taught. And there are things about this we haven't been taught. But I think the main hiccup with consecration is the uncomfortability that it brings on me and on my flesh and on my 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 surroundings it causes me to no longer because what we've done is we've created this padded cell that we call christianity but it's still this super uber comfortable form even the way we do church okay some church way out and wherever grows and grows and grows because of the way that it the god has showed that pastor or that leader or teacher or whoever apostle or whoever it is how god has showed them to lead it works 
So then what we do is we go, oh, that works for them. It's going to work for us. And so we start to lay claim to what they're doing. And before long, we're not even listening to God. We're not even doing what God wants us to do. We're not sacrificing for what God is wanting. We're sacrificing because we selfishly want to see the result that those other people have seen. And so it creates this this puppet and this machine that we're just turning out comfortability. We're turning out padded messages. I'm not saying that every sermon has to be this horrible hellfire and brimstone, but if we don't ever teach the truth of both sides, if we don't ever teach there is love and there's compassion and there is the truth of the everlasting love of God, but that love also comes with discipline because no parent who truly loves their child and wants to see them succeed doesn't have discipline at some point in time. And so consecration is me allowing myself to be yielded to what God wants me to do to the point that what I want doesn't matter. What I think doesn't matter. Nothing that I have to say is even included in the scenario because it's all God, okay? Um, the key word we want to look at here in, in Romans 6, 12 through 13, if you're just now joining, that's where we're at, Romans 6, 12 through 13. And the key word here is present, Okay, I'm going to present myself. So we're either in Romans uh, 12 and 6, 12 and 13, we're seeing that we're either presenting ourselves to righteousness or we're presenting ourselves to unrighteousness. Okay, um, this word is used five more times uh, or five times total in this chapter. And it's going to be Romans 6, 13, um, Romans 6, uh, 16 and Romans 6, 19. Okay, so 6, um, 16 says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. So that's the other thing we have to understand, is if I am not fully, 100% presenting myself to the Father, I am fully, 100% presenting myself to the enemy. There, You don't get to live here. Okay, there is no in between. There is no puberty for Christianity. Okay, you either are presenting yourself wholly to the Father or you are presenting yourself wholly to the enemy. Okay, this is this is a truth that we have to grasp because what that means is that the moment I choose anything other than Jesus, I'm choosing the enemy. There is no, it's easy for us to say, well, I just chose me. I was just doing what was best for me. You know, I messed, no, well, you just chose the enemy. Okay, you didn't just not choose God, you consciously chose the enemy. Okay, we have to look at it that way if we're going to begin to correct thinking and behavioral patterns that have infected the church. All right, so, um, we have to be clear that we are not, we are not consecrating our old man. Okay, you cannot present the sinful you to Jesus and, and, and get him to do something with it. It's useless. It's useless to you and it's useless to him. You don't get to go, oh man, well, I'm still addicted to this and stuck in that and messing this up and screwing this up and I've been doing this and I, I don't read, I don't pray, I don't spend time with the Lord, but I'm going to present myself to God. Do what you want to with me, God. And I wonder how many people are going through these cycles of not being used and wondering why. Hey, Melissa. Awesome. Uh, going through these cycles of not being used, wondering why we're not being used, wondering what the heck's going on. Why is this? Why is that? What's good? What? And we, we're looking at you just this place of like um, the stagnant state that we seem to be in. And it's because 
and we might be trying to present ourselves to God, but if you don't present him something righteous and pure and holy, something that has, is absent of the struggle and the, the person of sin still alive in you, if you're not giving him something worthy of usage, he's not going to use it. Okay, so that's the problem in a lot of our lives. And, and I've been through this. I've lived through this. I have, I've heard the call. I have known the call. And I have not been used in the calling because I was not giving him anything worth using. Okay, I was giving him an infected thing to use. All right, and I was giving, and, and th- that's why it aggravates me so much when people pull the card that says, "Well, I'm human. I'm just going to be this way. I'm just going to be stuck in this. I'm just going to be like this forever." That's the biggest load of junk that I've ever heard because everything we've been studying in this Bible, in this Word, tells me that I don't have to be that anymore. Okay, so there's two beautiful things. The first is this, I have to understand that I have to give him something beautiful to use, to, be, to consecrate to him. I have to present him something righteous and holy. The amazing part is that he makes me righteous and holy. So he gives me everything I need to be presented and present myself to him as clean. He cleanses me so I can then give what he has cleaned back to him. That is consecration summed up, okay? So... Um, verse 13. Okay. This is important. If we're going to look at presenting, okay. I just kind of touched on this, but I'm just going to use, show you the words in the Bible. So you don't just think it's me talking out of my head. Okay. Verse 13 says this, um, it says, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. That is key. I can only give myself to him when I know I have been dead and crucified with Christ and when my life begins to look like somebody who considers what I know to be true. Now I can begin to consecrate myself, okay? So the danger, there are multiple dangers of us trying. This is, the, this is the, the, the part, okay? God gives us, if God gives us an order and a structure, for us to see a result. Every part of that must be satisfied in order for his will to be fulfilled. Okay? I don't get to walk in partial calling, partial anointing. I don't get to do that. Okay? I either am there or I'm not there. All right? So here is the thing we have to look at. Okay? If I'm going to realize and consider myself dead to sin... I have to also consider myself alive in Christ. I can't just claim the blessing of sin no longer having an effect on me without claiming the reality that I now have to give myself away. Okay? Me considering myself dead is dealing with the problems of pride, bitterness, anger, resentment, lust, hate, lies, all these different things. It's dealing with those things in me. So now I have something to give him. Okay. I have, I have something that has been made new that I can now give to my father. Okay. That is the reasoning behind knowing and considering is so I have something worth giving. All right. So What I believe is that there are plenty of people who want to claim the benefits. They want to claim 
the look they want to begin to mold into the look of someone who is dead and realizes they're dead but they're not and the fruit this is the fruit okay this is how you can see if someone has truly considered themselves dead is because someone who considers themselves dead will not look like somebody who's dead they'll look like somebody who is alive in new life in christ all right so this is how it works when i know that i have been crucified I consider myself dead. When I know I have been raised with him, I consider myself alive, listen, unto God. Meaning that God is now the reason that I live. Okay? Meaning this. Not only is he what gave me new life, he's now the purpose of my new life. We don't understand this in the church. The purpose of your redemption is not even for you to bring more people to Christ. The purpose in your redemption is not for you to sing a good song that sounds great to the ear. The purpose in your redemption is not for you to be delivered from hell. The purpose in your redemption is for you to be unified to the Father so that He can do with you as He wishes. Whatever that looks like, that's up to Him. We have got to bring back into perspective the fact and the reason why he is called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's not called the President of Presidents and Governor of Governors. It's not a voted in position. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is Alpha and Omega. He is large and in charge. And we are to be submitted to him holistically if we are going to be used by him completely. That is the calling on our lives is to say, God, I know what you did for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. I understand that the magnitude of who you are is wrapped up in Jesus. I thank you that I have access to that. Now that I know it, now that I consider it, you've given me something holy to present to you, to give to you, and I want you to do with me as you please. Apart from my opinions, apart from my decisions, apart from my passions and my hobbies, do with me as you would choose. I yield to you. That is, the, that is the goal for our lives. That is consecration. That is a step in the walk in the Christian life. And it is the thing that I believe propels us over the hump of just being stuck in the rotation of what we would call Christianity. Okay, so that might be kind of hard. I'm not sure how that, if that sounds really mean and aggressive or not. Here is the problem with what I'm going to call comfort zone Christianity. Okay, and by comfort zone Christianity, I mean like mainstream Easy listening, do what you want and still feel good about it. Um, thank God for grace and that's all that really matters. Here's a good Bible story. I hope you learn what it means that Jonah got swallowed by well. The, these things, okay? Come in, do your three worship songs, do your 25-minute message, and then go to lunch. Okay, the comfort zone Christianity that requires nothing out of you except for Sunday morning. Okay? That's not what we're called to. But here's the danger, here's one of the dangers with it, okay? It will allow me to appear dead, but the problem is I've not truly become alive in Christ. Therefore, my thoughts, days, actions, and ideas are not yielded or conformed to Christ. So there is still sin in me preventing me from presenting myself to him. This is what I'm saying when I say that. That setting of church that comfortable, 
easy padded plush. The teachings that follow that. I'm not saying that they're bad men doing bad things or bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is danger if we do not seek first the kingdom of God for ourselves and have everything that God has promised us in the word added to us being the redemption, the separation from sin, the consecration, you know, and, and me giving him myself. If I do not begin to walk in all of these things, I will begin. And the reason I'm saying this is because it is so evident in the church today. There is this secular humanism twisted in with the gospel that has come in and made me believe that my opinion and my desires are up here when in reality they're not in the picture. Okay? The verse that's talking about God giving me the desires of my heart, it all comes from a heart that's yielded to God. He's not going to give me the selfish, prideful, arrogant desires of the heart that I, whatever I want. That's, he's not a genie in a bottle, okay? It is him saying, look, if you yield your heart to me and you let me become the center of your passion, the center of your aim, if you quit seeking knowledge and you start seeking me, if you quit going this way and that way and trying to make yourself good enough and you just give yourself to me and you just sacrifice yourself for me, what I'm going to do for you is exceedingly and abundantly more. And when your heart, when you start to have the desires of my heart, I'll give you those desires. I'll use you to fulfill my plan when you become burdened for my plan. That is the promise of God that when I begin to give myself to him he begins to give more and more of himself to me that is beautiful to me that is what I live for that is so amazing that the more of ourself we're willing to give up the more of him we can gain it is it is such a beautiful thing to experience okay here's the problem when we subscribe and we fill ourselves I don't know the exact verse I can't tell you where to find it but you can google this google Verse that says what I'm about to say, and you'll find it. Paul says that in the last days, there will be people who gather to themselves speakers that tickle their ears, who gather to themselves speakers that keep them comfortable, and there will be large crowds that gather around them. The church is doing that today. We have people who make it comfortable. We have people who tell us what we want to hear. We use the Bible to fuel our motivational speech. You can come in, get encouraged, and you can leave, and you can keep walking how you're walking, and you can keep doing what you're doing. And we use the Bible to empower me to do what I want to do, and we try to take the promises of God as a promise for me to accomplish my goals. And I don't find that anywhere in this. I find that when I submit myself to him, he begins to use me for what I was actually created for. That is the beauty to me of the gospel is that I can fulfill something way more than what I want. I'm not capable of even perceiving what God is truly doing. I can get bits and pieces, but here's the beautiful thing. I can be a part of something greater than any hope, dream, or aspiration I could ever have when I submit to him and I begin to walk with him. Non-conformed, non-consecrated actions. Okay, I may offend the mess out of you, but here we go. This is where I believe these things fall into play, okay? We'll see how the viewers drop off here. Smoking, drinking, overeating, movies, music, friends, and anything that you have to defend, I believe is proof of a non-consecrated life. I'm not saying that I just read that directly out of the Bible. I'm saying I'm convinced that if you have to defend it, it did not come from him. And if it did not come from him, you are not consecrated to him. 
Because this says right here, present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members, your body, give your body to God as instruments for righteousness. If I can bring up an argument of why the thing you're doing is not righteous, it's not righteous. If I can bring forth an argument, here, here's, this is what I believe the Lord showed me. The only area the world should have to chastise us is things they make up. They shouldn't be able to point to anything we're actually doing. This is how it worked with Jesus, okay? They had to twist and screw up all the things he was doing in order to have anything to accuse him of. And half of the things they accused him of, he wasn't even close to doing. They were lying about him. So if I'm going to accuse you, if I'm going to point out how you're failing in your Christian life, if I'm going to point out something that is less than righteous, I should have to make it up. And this is what I'm now convinced of. If I have presented myself to God and there is anything in my life that may possibly one little percent not line up with him, I don't need it. I may want it. I may desire it. I may be addicted to it. But the beauty is I am no longer Jonah. I'm no longer alive in myself. I've been dead to sin and I'm now alive in Christ. And that new life, I have been blessed with the opportunity to submit that thing to God and let him do with it what he wants. Okay? So if you have to hide the beer in the fridge when certain friends come over, why have it? If you have to hide your cigarettes because you're ashamed of them, why have them? If, you're have to, if you have to watch that certain movie out of town where nobody can see you, why watch it? If you have to listen to that music when you're in the car by yourself, why listen to it? If you have to use those words when you're with certain people, if you can only make those jokes with certain friends, why make them? Why not be righteous? Why not be holy all the time? I'm not telling you something I'm not working through and struggling with. Okay, but I'm sharing with you the convictions of my heart and the things that God is using to change and mold me in hopes that it will change you as well. Okay, so if there are things in your life, I'm not saying I've been drinking and smoking and cussing and I'm not saying that. I'm saying there are things in my life that I might not want every single person to see. And there are things in my life that I might be okay with this person seeing or that person seeing or this. And those don't need to be there because if they didn't come from him. If I have to hide them, they didn't come from him. And if they didn't come from him, I don't want them in my life. Okay? That is the place we all need. I'm not saying you're there, but that's what we should be striving for. Okay? So that's nonconformity in my actions. Now I want to talk really quick about nonconformity to Christ in my thinking. And the Lord gave me this on the airplane today. And I think it may be for someone specifically, either someone who's listening right now or someone who's going to listen to this later. I'm not saying that this is for, it may be for everybody. I'm just going to share this really quick and I want you to just listen. It is not okay to be mad at God. I see things on Facebook all the time. Of people saying like, you know, it's okay to be mad at God. You just have to keep having faith in him. God wants you to have that open discussion and blah, 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 blah. It is not. It will never be. It has never been okay for you to be mad at God. We'll say things like this. It's okay to be mad at God as long as you just keep your faith in him. It's not okay to be mad at God. Being mad at God is proof of your absence of faith in him. Because what you're doing... What you're doing is you're saying, listen, God, I know you're the way, the truth, the life, the alpha, omega, first and last, beginning and the end. And I know I'm the dust of the earth, but 
what you did really upset me. And so now um, I need an ex explanation. I'm going to hold this against you. I got a problem with what you've been doing, God. I got a problem with how you're doing things. I got a problem here and I need you to help me out. Okay. That, that is irrelevant. Okay. This may sound extremely hard, but it doesn't matter what has been taken from you. It doesn't matter who has been taken from you. It doesn't matter your financial situation. It doesn't matter your relationship with XYZ person. What matters is that you have given yourself to God to the extent that nothing, that is how no weapon formed against you will prosper because the enemy has no ground to stand on because you are so submitted to God. He is the love of your life that you realize you have no reason reason you have no right to ever question the beautiful magnitude of the father it's wrong it is wrong it is the most selfish arrogant prideful thing i could do to say god i am unhappy with you oh boy mm. golly i'm up why did you do that you sh you should know better you know you know the desires of my heart this is what we do we go god you know the desires of my heart and that was not it why did you take this person why did you take this job why did you take this thing and here's the thing if i'm submitted to him if i've given myself if i know and i consider what he says about me and i now give that righteous thing to him to use Anything he does, anything he says, I submit to and I yield to and I am thankful and glad to do it. It doesn't mean I don't grieve. It doesn't mean I don't have those that hurt, but it means that I never lose sight of who he is. I never lose sight of what he has said. I don't lose sight of his authority. I don't lose sight of my submission to him and I will never allow the external things around me to be so powerful that they sway what I know God has called me to do. All right. Um, life does not decide my joy or opinion of God. The great incorruptible character of God has already determined how I will respond. I may not understand why, but I know who, and I submit to that. So now I fall in line with all that he says, and I don't just give him my support. I present myself as a sacrifice. I'm not just here to support what God's doing through somebody else. I'm here to give myself completely for him to use me as an example, for him to use me as an instrument, for him to use me and all that I am. That is why I was created. Right in my eyes, wrong in my eyes, understand it in my heart. It doesn't matter if it's from the Lord, if it is God, if it is him and him alone that could do it and that did it, then I submit to it and I yield to it. And I say, God, not my will, but yours be done. If anyone had the right to be mad at the father, it was the son. If anyone had the right to be upset with God, the father, it was Jesus. Because here's what the word says. Um, sorry, for God so loved the world that he sent, he sent his one and only son. He said, Jesus, go take care of this thing. And for Jesus, that meant death, pain, suffering, hardship, aggravation, agony, blood, sweat, tears, and everything in between. And while he's on earth, he had left his heavenly throne. He had left the most amazing place that we could ever, we can't even comprehend the beauty of heaven. He left that to come here and he never was bitter. He never was angry. He said, God, take this cup from me. 
I really would love for there to be another way for this to happen, but not my will, but yours be done. And in that moment, Jesus opened his hands. He gave it all over to the Father, and he was then beaten and bruised and broken and crucified, and then he was resurrected. And it is through consecration that we can be made into the thing we were intended to be in the first place. When we present ourselves to God, we get access into the amazing overhaul of everything that we are. So it's not who I am that shines through, but it's Christ inside of me. Instead of being mad, Jesus showed us how to submit, love, walk, and present ourselves according to the will of the one who created, fathered, and sends us. You can't be sent if you haven't been consecrated. We need to understand that, okay? You cannot be sent if you've not been consecrated. If I'm to be consecrated, I must realize the divine fact that all that I have is His. Death has cut off all that could not be consecrated and given to God, and resurrection power alone makes consecration possible. Presenting myself to God means that from now on, I consider my whole life as belonging to Him. God now requires that I regard all of my body, all of my mind, inside and out, as belonging to Him. This is why you don't get to just go do what you want with who you want. This is why you don't get to just spend your teenage years or your college years or your whatever, your adult life, doing what you want. It's because the more you submit to the Father, the more you realize it doesn't really matter what I want. There are multiple times in Scripture where we are referred to as a soldier or an athlete. Both of those people's opinion of what's going on doesn't really matter. They're there to follow orders and play by the rules. Now, the beauty is we have a father who, though he has called us to be given to him, his desire, this is why he wants us to be yielded to him so he can begin to give himself to us. And he can only partake in relationship with purity. That's the thing, okay? So it's not that he's just creating these high standards because he likes to be the big powerful thing. He is calling us to a higher place because so we can commune to him. He's calling us to a higher place of living so we can walk in a deeper place of communion. That is the, that is the reason behind consecration. It's being separated from sin. I'm separating myself out. It's like sanctification and I, I sanctify myself, or Jesus has sanctified me, and I consecrate myself to him. I give myself away. I say, God, I thank you for the redemption. I thank you for the sanctification. Now I'm going to give you myself, and I want to be consecrated to you. Okay, that is what we are called to do. It's like this. Okay, I'm, I'm almost done here. I know this has been going for a little while. It's like I have $10 in my pocket that, that, is, not, that is not mine. I have $10 in my pocket, it's all dollar bills, and it is 100% owned by somebody else, but they've asked me to watch over it. And so here's what I do. Before I truly understand, or let's say I do understand, let's say I know that money doesn't belong to me, it belongs to somebody else. And I have some random stranger come to me and say, hey man, I need a dollar real quick. I'm not going to tell you what for, but I need a dollar. So I give him a dollar. Okay, and then I go on down the road and somebody else is only a dollar. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's a dollar. And I start, well, I got, I got eight more dollars, so I can give you, and I start handing out dollars. And then what happens is the person who owns the money comes back 
And he tells me the purpose for the money. And he goes and he says, hey, I've got this beautiful thing, this, this investment opportunity for this money that I gave you. And here's what I want to do. It's my money, but I want to invest it. And I want you to receive the reward of the investment. And I go, oh my gosh. I only have a dollar left. I've been spending it all the whole time. And what my biggest fear is, is that if we refuse consecration, then at the moment that God comes and he needs what he's given us, which is what we have here, the moment that he requires something of us, we've given too much of ourselves away to have left what he needs it for. And we've been so busy filling our hands with things that aren't from him. We've been so busy running away, doing what we want to do. Our hands are filled with stuff that we've put in them, nothing that he's put there. The moment comes where he goes, look, I need, I really have a, a really big idea for that money that I gave you, you know, that, that I let you hold on to. And you go, ah, I spent it all. I've already spent it on things. And, and, he, and in comparison, you basically went to the Dollar Tree and spent the dollars individually. And he's got a beautiful investment opportunity to multiply your $10 into $10 million. But you couldn't be patient enough. You couldn't be, live, live sacrificially enough to see the blessing fulfilled. So how often do we dare not spend our time, money, or bodies without thought to it not being mine for my business, but a loner for the work of my Father in heaven? Real Christian life is birthed out of me understanding this truth, that nothing I have belongs to me. My money is spent how he wants. My time is spent how he wants. I don't work myself to death so I can have nice things for me. That's God will bless me. But I work myself, I don't have to work myself to death for anything, okay? I, I diligently apply myself where he tells me to, and I spend, and I withhold, I save, I do whatever according to how God has showed me. I, I buy the vehicle according to how he showed me. I go over here and spend time with this person. I invest in this person. I, I don't invest in that person according to how God shows me I can use what he's given me. Okay, not what I want, not my desires. Let me tell you something. If you want to know, if you want to view, if you're consecrated, go look at your Facebook feed. Go look at your text messages. I, some people, I just want to, I just want to punch their Facebook because it's like they just everything. Their Facebook is just this, this throw up of a flesh, and it's just them. I just gotta, I just gotta say what I gotta say. I've had a bad day. This person is this. This person is that. If you're gonna do this, that, Democrat, Republican, you know, whatever. What purpose does that serve? What is that doing? What goal did that achieve? What kingdom did that expand? Because you're always expanding some kingdom, okay? You just need to understand if you're going to give yourself to God, okay? And you're going to give everything that he has given you back to him for him to use, okay? He honors those sacrifices, all right? And when I sacrifice for him and I begin to use my opportunities for him, then God blesses that. Giving myself holy Holy, all of me, giving myself holy to Christ is the true definition of holiness. I can't be holy until I give myself away holy. I have to give myself away completely and holiness is what I receive. Because God blesses it, he grows it, he, he tills it up and plants things in it because I am giving it and I'm yielding to him. Not what I want, not my desires, but what he wants. 
So now we become holy by being separated unto God. Romans 12.1 says, now present yourselves to God. I'll read it. I'm just going to say it, but I'll read it. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Some translations say your true act of worship. Worship is sacrifice in its purest form. And what better way to worship than to have everything that I do be centered around and birthed out of the Father and His calling for my life. If I can't give myself away to Him, why would He ever give me anything? Why would He ever give me anything to do anything with? It has to be this outpouring of the Spirit of God inside of me that gives me the supernatural ability to do what only someone who has been separated from the world and attached to God can accomplish. I don't consecrate myself. All right, this is the last thing I'm going to say, okay? If you're in ministry... All right, you don't get you don't consecrate yourself to be a missionary, to be a pastor, to be a teacher. You don't that's not how it works. Okay? You consecrate yourself and you give it all to him. There must be a day where I pass. Jonah passes out of Jonah's hands and he passes into the Father's hands. And at that moment, at that moment, I no longer belong to myself. I belong to him. And then he does what he wants to with me. Okay, I don't go, hey, all right, um, I'm gonna stop doing this and I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna mold I'm gonna mold myself into a missionary. I'm gonna mold myself in, what we're doing is we're consecrating ourselves to the work. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop watching rated R movies so I can be a good pastor. So that people won't judge me and then I won't be a bad example. No, I'm gonna stop doing those things that don't edify my spirit because my desire is to do the will of the Father. And at no point in time is He gonna call me to partake in things that do not edify the part of me that is Him. Those things grow my flesh. He's interested in growing the spirit to the point that it becomes the way that I see things, the way that I do things. Okay, so the last thing I wanna leave you with. Is uh, Romans six eighteen in the Amplified Classic version? Okay, I don't have it here, but it says this. It says, "And having, I'll read you six eighteen in this, and then I'll show you what it adds." Okay, so six eighteen says this. It says, "And having been set free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness," and then this is what the Amplified Bible says. It says, "Having been conformed to the ways of God in thought, purpose, and action." This is consecration. My thought comes from the Father. He's, he's, I've been dead to sin. Now I'm alive in Christ. So I have righteous thoughts. Here, God, do with my thoughts what you want. Now I have a righteous purpose. Here, God, do with my purpose what you want. I wanted to do this, but now I don't really care. Here, you do with it what you want. Okay, now my actions, God, my actions, they are now righteous. But in order for them to stay righteous, I need to give them to you. Here, God, do with my actions what you want. And then every day is me waiting to hear from the Father of what he would call me to do that day with what he has given me. It's not rocket science. It's not weird. It's not complex. It's me knowing, considering, and now presenting myself to God as a living sacrifice, okay? hope that made sense. I feel this passionately, um, and I, this has been a breakthrough for me, and so I, I hope it's a breakthrough for you. I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, I don't want you to think I was fussing. I'm not fussing. I'm passionate about this word that God has spoken. Um, and the beauty in all of this, okay, is that there's a higher standard that we get to live at.
Okay, it's not that that he's just so angry with us for not living like we're called. It's that he is so happy that we have the opportunity to live like he created us. Okay, so think of it that way. You you're not dealing with a God who's so angry um, at you for for what you may have been doing or may not have been doing. You're dealing with a father who loves you so much that he's given you the opportunity to do something different. Okay, so this week just be seeking the Lord about where you can give yourself to him. Have you given yourself to him? Are you completely yielded to him? Because every day I feel like I find another area where I'm not completely yielded to him, okay? So let's just be praying about that this week. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and dealing with me again. Uh, And I love you. And um, I hope you have uh, an awesome week, okay?